Yeah, that was interesting. How y'all doing today? Yeah, yeah, heard an awesome out there. That's good, that's good. I'm glad to be here. I feel like I've been like on preaching sabbatical because I have not spoke in the last couple of weeks, and that's just sort of weird, so I'm glad to be back in the saddle again. So God is good. That was good. Uh, yeah, um, I went out there a while ago to the Neighbors and Nations brunch, and that was awesome. And there's a great group of people out there uh, ready to serve you uh, after church today. And they got a great uh, meal prepared, uh, lunch meal prepared. And all of the proceeds that, that we make on Neighbors and Nations um, and, and our November Neighbors and Nations is I'm going to go toward our turkey drive. Uh, last week I mentioned um, that we gave over 200 turkeys out last year from our food bank, and that's just amazing. That is amazing, and a lot of families benefited from that. And, you know, we plan on doing that again, and uh, this is a, a, a tremendous outreach to our community and uh, those that, that are in need. There's many people that... that uh, would not be able to uh, have a Thanksgiving meal with a turkey uh, without us helping them, and and we do that, and it's always such a it's always such a fun day. If you've never been here on the on the Tuesday that they give the turkeys away, um, it's just really something to behold. Um, the line of people and just all of these turkeys going out—it's just amazing. And so, help us out in that, and and you don't have to limit your your. Um, uh, financial contribution to just the neighbors and nations. If you would like to, um, you know, buy some turkeys yourself, uh, and you could talk with Pastor Karen about that, and you could do that, and then bring them to the church, and we'll we'll um, store them and get them ready. Or if you want to donate more money toward to- turkeys, um, we'll let y'all know in the next um, in the next week, probably next Sunday, we'll let you know where we are on the count, and and that might that might help you out. And if you know uh, businesses, I know that. Uh, last year, we had several companies that um, bought turkeys as a part of their as a part of their annual giving and and, and donated them to the food bank for us to give out and um, and that 's always very helpful and very amazing as well so keep all of that in mind. This is the season of thanksgiving uh, you know i I, I love this week on somewhere along the line I, I heard there was a store that um, that has decided not to set the Christmas stuff out yet. They wanted to go ahead and set Thanksgiving stuff out. And, and kind of after the, the Halloween push and all of that, uh, the items for that, uh, a lot of times stores will jump right, right over Thanksgiving and go right to Christmas. And uh, I, I loved it this week. A store said, you know, we're just not going to do that. We're not going to preempt Thanksgiving this year um, for that. We're just going to hold our Christmas stuff off a couple of more weeks so that, so that we can... Um, you kind of hone in on Thanksgiving, and, and I think that's a, a great idea. I mean, certainly the reality of us being thankful and, and how to be thankful and, and what for to be thankful. I really want to start a series, um, and, and, and this is our series slide, to just says thanks. And, and a lot of times... I. I think this idea of being thankful or, the, or having an attitude or a mindset of thanksgiving 
can almost get, get lost to us. Matter of fact, I want to remind us that sometimes it's good for us to look around and find the things in our life that we are thankful for instead of doing what many times is it's the opposite and many times it is our propensity. We kind of only notice the negative things. I mean, instead of being thankful for what we have, many times we, we get a little down about what we don't have. Or perhaps we find ourselves in circumstances that are, that are, in our estimation, less than what we really desire. And we get so focused on, on these things that might be negative that, that we fail to really step back and say, well, not everything's negative. I mean, it's very easy for us to get in a mindset of negativity that we just don't notice any positive at all around us. There's a tremendous verse of Scripture that talks concerning this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. It's really, it's really neat the way the, the people who translate Scripture kind of took these ideas into these little bite-sized pieces in a 16th verse, a very short verse, rejoice always. <laughs> rejoice always. I mean, how many of you would, would like to be in a mindset that no matter what's going on in your life, you have, you have a, a, a rejoicing button that's pushed and you just, you just learn to be happy? I mean, this word says rejoice always. And then, and then it says this to Pray continually. So, so we started with this idea of rejoice always, and then, and then tied to our rejoicing is the reality of, of God and the, and the thought of prayer, that, that if we maintain a, a mindset of prayer and a remembrance of God, that, that, that we can rejoice always and, and we can pray continually. And then, he, and then he says this, give thanks in all. All circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That, that God's will for you in your life is that you rejoice always, that you pray continually, and that you, and that you give thanks in all circumstances. I mean, I don't know how, how you feel about that, but, but to me, that's a, that's a pretty tall order. To give thanks in all circumstances... In all circumstances, I mean, I almost think to myself that, that, that that's, well, I know it's very difficult, and, and, I all, and you almost would think that it's almost impossible. Matter of fact, I think all of us in this room have been through some stuff in our lives that made it very difficult to be thankful. I mean, am I the only one that would admit that? But I, it's the truth. Yet the same, that there are, there are circumstances that we go through in life that, that sort of knocks us off the, the, the platform of thanksgiving. And we, we really find ourselves just with our hands in the air saying, what? You know, I mean, I, I've had circumstances in my life that even, that even affected the way I prayed. You know, my, my prayer kind of came out like this. What was that? Have you, have you ever had a what was that prayer? Like... Excuse me? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I've even prayed some 
crazy prayers like this. Do you know what all I've done for you? You know, I mean, why am I facing this? Why is this happening in my life? And in those moments, it is very difficult to follow that verse, to be thankful in all circumstances. I mean, you would truly have to look over the hurdle of pain and, 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 the, and the, 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 the feeling of loss or rejection or you look past the overwhelming need in order to fulfill that verse that says, in all circumstances give thanks. And he says this on the heels of always rejoice. Be, don't worry, be happy. Always rejoice and, and pray continually. And, and then in all these circumstances, give thanks. And I, I ask myself the question, how, how is this even possible? Then I discovered some things that, that actually make it possible. That actually make it possible. And I want to unpack some of that in the next... Today and then the next two weeks following this series on thanks, I, I want to unpack the reality that, that no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, it is absolutely possible for us to rejoice always, to pray continually, and to give thanks. To give thanks in all circumstances, even the stuff you don't get. I mean, you might be asking like, like I did, because, you know, I, I pray and I get an idea about what I want to do for a series and then I pray some more and I start trying to formulate it and put it together and I pray some more and then, and then I find a verse and I, and I land on this give thanks in all circumstances as the key verse for the series and I'm like, wow, man, that's a tall thing to try to do. That's a, in all? And I ask myself, how is this? Even possible, and, I, and I'm, I'm discovering some things in my prayer and in my study. And, and, and one of those things that, that I discovered is that, is that if we truly want to give thanks in all circumstances, we've got to find the things to be thankful for. All right? And one of the things that we need to be thankful for, no matter what the circumstance is, one of the things that we need to be thankful for is this, this thing called companionship. So, I mean, this is, this is uh, something I'm going to, I'll deal with a little more at the end of the message today, but, but, but I want to go ahead and establish something in our hearts right now at the onset of this, is that no matter what we're going through, we should never allow ourselves to get in a place where we have isolated ourselves away from the companionships that make our life better if we will embrace them. I mean, it's very easy if you're going through a difficult circumstance, uh, especially. It's very easy to, to just kind of shrink away from people or shrink away from family or shrink away from the church. And you just kind of want to be alone. And, and I recognize that there are moments where solitude and, and, and that is, is good. But, but it's not good to make that your lifestyle. That, that we have to recognize in life that... that as a human being, we are intrinsically wired for companionship. And this is so important 
when we think about the levels of companionship and the who's of the companionship, it's, it's so important when we, when we think about developing an attitude or a mindset of being thankful in, in all circumstances that, that, that we need to understand this valuable thing that God has placed in our lives, this ability to have relationship. So there are two primary areas that I want to cover today. And the first one is, is it's prob, it, it, it's, I, I would say that it is the most important, but, but I would also say that, it is, the, that it, is the, it is the one area that we probably struggle with the most. And that is recognizing in all circumstances, that you have a companion in God. All right? That you have a companion in God. It's never losing sight of what I like to call the God factor in the equation. How many of you would agree with me that if, that if you get God in it, you're always going to win, right? And, and when we recognize the God factor in our life, that, that does a tremendous thing to us. But yet it is so easy, and, 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 and this, is the, this is the point that I really need to help us all understand, it is so easy in the midst of troubling circumstances to lose sight of God. Where is He? I've even had people say to me, well, I can't feel God, I can't see God, I feel like He's a million miles away from me, and, 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 and I just don't understand why God has forsaken me. Well, I mean, we have to recognize that the presence of God in our life is not a feeling thing, it is a faith thing. That the presence of God working in our life isn't something that, that you know, rides on the the wave of goosebumps, or, 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 or isn't something that, well, you know, I just, I just, uh, you know, I just, I just feel so close to him. You got to get to a place in your faith to recognize that God's word is true, and God's word is for you, and the God that we serve is with us. Matter of fact, I love Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. It says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have, because God, everybody say God, because God has said, not not a writer, not a poet, not uh, a scribe, God, not a rabbi, God, God said this, God said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, never, N-E-V-E-R, never. God said that. And then he goes on to say in verse 6, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? God is my helper. I will not be afraid because you can't touch this. That nobody on the face of this planet can do anything to me. 
Because God is with me. See, this is the point of faith that we've got to drive into our heart. It's not about feeling. It's about faith. It's about knowing that when the Word of God says, God said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm always going to be with you. You can trust me in this. Then we just have to stand on that and know that we can trust Him in this. God is our closest companion. Matter of fact... The word of the Lord says that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You know, I'll be honest with you. There, there are people even in the church, in the Christian church, there are people that, that they don't like the idea of the friendship with God. Matter of fact, years ago, uh, you know, I... Well, I was raised up in an extremely conservative, pretty judgmental uh, church environment. And, 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 and we got the idea to sing a new song. Believe it or not, this was a new song. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. And it made this individual just indignantly mad. because. And I'll never forget, he was talking to me. And he said, I don't understand why y'all sing that song, but I'm a friend of God. I'm not a friend of God. God's not my friend. He's my God. He's my Savior, but he's not my friend. I'm like, Okay. I mean, although the word of the Lord says that, that he is a friend that sticks close to a brother. I mean, I don't know where you are theologically and all of that, but I will tell you this. It's a pretty good thing to know that we serve a God that is not some aloof thing up there that, that's just looking to squash us like a bug. That we serve a God that is very concerned about our life, that he's very concerned about where we're at, about what's going on, to the point that his word says that he's a friend that sticks close to the brother, and to the point that his word declares that God said, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. You know, in another point in writing, it talks about who shall separate us from the love of God. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it's written, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of Christ. That no matter what you face, no matter what's going on, no matter what the circumstance looks like, you have something going for you that your problem doesn't have going for it. You have God on your side. And he has promised in his word that he is a companion that will stick by you through thick and thin. And I, I feel like I need to say this again. Whether you feel him or not, whether you can see it tangibly or not, the reality of the word is that the word doesn't lie. Matter of fact, matter of fact, the word declares that God cannot lie. That it is impossible for God to lie. You say, well, man, how is that even possible? I'll tell you, I'll tell you, man, a lot of times you think, well, God's holy and there is no sin in him and lie is a sin, so certainly God can't lie because he can't sin. But, man, I think it goes even one step beyond that. How many of you recognize that what God says happens? 
All right? So, so, I mean, like, he created the entire world by speaking. Let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. And every time he opened his mouth, something popped up. Because he can't lie. I mean, if God were to walk up to a pine tree and declare, this is an oak tree, poof, immediately it turns from a pine to an oak. That fast, poof, because God can't lie. And what he says happens. And he is speaking things over our lives that are good He's speaking things over your life that is, that is good. And, and a lot of times we, we step back and go, well, but I mean, I don't, I don't feel, I, I don't know. And, and, and yet the word of the Lord is declaring to you, can I say it again, that, that God said, never will I leave you. That God said, never will I forsake you. That God said that. And if he said it, it's the truth. Well, praise God. I mean, sometimes we got to get like Job in the Old Testament there, there's a book, the book of Job. It's spelled J-O-B like job, but somehow or another it's Job. And, and crazy English, right? You know, I mean, we park on driveways and we drive on parkways. Figure that one out. I don't get it. Crazy English. Blueberries aren't blue. Strawberries aren't made of straw. Come on, somebody help me out. Crazy English, but, but you know, the book of Job, and here's this guy that, that he's on the top of the world. He is rich. He is, he's got a family. He's got friends. He's got cattle and sheep and donkeys and camels. He's just got everything you would ever want in life. And then in a matter of just a few days, it all comes crashing down at his feet. Robbers come in and take all of his animals and livestock. Robbers come in and and, and, and burn his houses down and kill his children. And then his, he loses all of his business. He loses his health. He breaks out in boils and he's scraping them. And it's just a terrible story. And, and he's sitting there and then his friends come and his friends start accusing him and he loses his friends. Now, now he doesn't even have them. And, and then finally his wife comes in. and I mean, bless her heart. She finally just said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to curse God and die. Oh, that was a lovely thing to say, darling. You know, and so, I mean, ultimately, you read between the lines, that even lost his wife. You know what I'm saying? I mean, at least for that moment. And, I mean, here he is sitting in all of this, and the Bible says that he didn't charge God foolishly. And we, we commend Job for that. He, he did some pretty, some pretty strong things through the course of all of that. I mean, there was a time where Job did kind of get low in the story. If you read it, you read the whole story, then, then there's a time where Job did question, and God kind of had to scold him a little bit, but... But God scolded his friends more than he scolded Job. Just keep that in mind, that those yeeny, 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 yeeny people. He scolded them more. He said, you ought to keep your mouth shut. But I will say this, that at one point, I mean, here's this guy that doesn't understand. He doesn't understand any of this. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. There's been some losses in my life I didn't understand. That I sat there going, what? What is this? But yet Job, somehow or another, he, 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 he gives this. See, this is where faith, this is where you got you to gotta put faith in the dough if the bread's going to rise. You know what I'm saying? You got to put faith in the dough. Job says, man, I, I can't find God. I can't find God. I'm looking forward. I don't see him. 
I'm looking backward. I don't see him. I'm looking to the left. For surely he's there, but I perceive him not. I look to the right, hoping to catch a glimpse, perhaps even just maybe his shadow. But I don't see him. then this is where the faith is in the dough. He said, although I can't find God, I don't know where God is. I do know God knows where I am. I may not see him, but he sees me. I may not know where he's at, but he knows where I'm at. And when I come out of this, whatever this is, when I come out of it, I will be refined like gold because God has a plan and he knows where I'm at. He promised me he would never leave me. So although I can't see him and find him, he's a companion that has never left my side. And so in that, Job was thankful (laughs) in all circumstances. See what I'm saying? You're not, you're not thankful perhaps for the circumstance, but you're thankful for the fact that you serve a God that is there. Matter of fact, Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. See, how can all things work together for good? Because God is at work in all things. It's the God factor that we must learn to be thankful for. Not that everything in life is perfect, but that a perfect God is in everything in life. See, a spirit of thanksgiving that is centered on the God factor, a true attitude of thankfulness connected to our faith and our trust That God's word says, never, 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 never will I leave you. Never, 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 never will I forsake you. You got to hang your hat on that one. No matter how you feel. No matter what the circumstance looks like, you just got to trust. I love, there's a story in in the New Testament, in the Gospels. A man, a man is at home and he's got a dying child. And somewhere he had heard that this Jesus of Nazareth guy can not only heal but can also raise from the dead. And so this man breaks away from the family, completely uncustomary to their practices, breaks away from the family in this moment of crisis and says, I'm going to go find Jesus. And I'm going to bring him here and he's going to heal this baby or raise it from the dead. And so off he strikes out. And it's a multiple day journey. It does not overnight, but he's walking and he's traveling in this sense and, and, and... And I'm sure that 
that there were people along the way he ran into and asking probably questions about, well, where are you going? I'm going to go find Jesus. Well, why do you need Jesus for? Well, because my, my child is dying and I need him to come heal my child. And, and I heard he could do that. And maybe even stayed somewhere overnight and, because they would have had to. And maybe talking with the people there in the house or the inn where he stayed. Well, where, where, why are you finding Jesus? Well, I, my child's dying and I need to get Jesus to come home with me to, to heal my child. And so it must have gone until this man did finally find Jesus. Now here's the thing about the story that turns. We see several times in the Gospels where Jesus did in fact turn from his path and go home with someone. <laughs> Jesus is pretty set on going to Jerusalem by this time and the fulfillments were, were in order, things he had to do. And so when this man uh, comes to him and says, you know, my child at home, you know, could you come? Jesus doesn't go home with this guy, all right? Instead, Jesus looks at this guy and says, go home, your child lives. <laughs> You're going home. Just go. Your child lives. And this man, for whatever reason, took those words from Jesus and poured faith in, in the dough so the bread's going to rise. And he just turns on his heels and goes, okay, okay. And he starts walking back to his house. And I'm pretty sure he probably ran into the same kind of people on the way home. Hey, did you find Jesus? Yeah, I found him. Well, where is he? Oh, he didn't come with me. Well, what about your child? Oh, he just told me to go home. The child lives. Huh. Do you believe him? Yeah. Yeah, I'm on my way home. Everything's fine. How do you know? Because Jesus said. How do you know everything's fine? Because Jesus said. He had to spend the night again. A two-day journey. He had to spend the night again somewhere. And he's probably in the same spot. And they were, well, did you find Jesus? Yeah, I found him. Well, where is he? Oh, he didn't come with me. Well, what about your child? Oh, Jesus. Jesus told me to go home. The child lives. How, how do you know? Oh, well, because Jesus said. What a walk. What a walk of faith home. No evidence at all, except that Jesus said. And when the man got home, the Bible says that the child was up completely well. And the man said, when did, when did the child get better? And they said, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. About this same time. And the man knew that that is when Jesus said, can't go home with you. But I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. Because whether you, you see me there or not, I am there. I just feel like that when we get in those kinds of circumstances, I just, 
I just feel like it's so easy to lose sight of the God factor. I'm closing. I... The other area that, of companionship, and I, I really am closing, the other area of companionship that I think is so important. Very simple. We learn to give thanks as we foster the healthy relationships that surround us. I would be, I just, I just don't believe that there's anybody on the side of my voice that doesn't have at least one or two people in your life that are a healthy relationship for you. Now, you may have some unhealthy ones. We're not focusing on those, right? Right now, we're talking about the healthy ones. I've, I've used these verses before in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. It says, there was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. His eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I toiling, he asked, and why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Being alone is a miserable business. Then he goes on to say, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. If two of them lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And you can just see the thought in the writer that this just expands. One is bad, two is better, three is better, four would be better, five would be better. The, the, the more healthy relationships you can foster in your life. That even when things are bad, you can point over the hurdle of pain and say, yeah, but I have. Yeah, but, but I have. For several years, we had a very close friend here in the Tulsa area that passed, and we're still very close. Both of our, he pastored in Owasso, we pastored here, and both churches were going through circumstances that were seem less than favorable and and there was many a night when it would have been easier for me just to be alone but they refused to let me be alone and I refused to let them be alone and when you felt like everyone when you felt like everyone was forsaking you his name is Jack it's like when you feel like Everyone is forsaking you. You could always step back and say, well, at least I have Jack. At least I have Jack. At least I'm not alone. Jack was the kind of friend that you could say, you could say anything to him and it would not shock him. He had a way of just, just throwing grace toward your life. Those times where you were questioning those things and it seemed like it was nothing but question marks in my life. It was Jack who would sit with me as I would cry and he would cry with me. And the good times we would laugh together. At least, at least I had Jack. 
at least I had someone in my life that when we did have some things that happened that were positive, that, that we could clap our hands together and say, yeah, celebrate the wins. So in the midst of calamity and circumstance and turmoil or whatever may be going on in your life, I'm saying that how we can be thankful in all circumstances is that we look past the circumstance and look around for the companions. First, God is your companion. He's there. Trust Him. Trust Him. But then look for the people. Look for those relationships. Foster those relationships. As a matter of fact, Jesus told the disciples to do this in John 13. And He knew they were going to go through persecution. He knew that they were going to go through times of great trial and tribulation. Yet He, he tells them this in the 34th verse. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. What's he saying? Stick with each other. Give yourself unselfishly to each other. Don't forsake each other. Don't throw in the towel. Don't quit on each other. Just like I didn't throw in the towel and I didn't quit and I gave myself for you. Give yourself to each other. Why? Because we need each other. Especially if you're going through a circumstance in life that you don't get. Look over the wall of pain and rejection and loss. Look over that wall and recognize that there's people right now in your life that you need to be thankful for. You need to have that attitude. Well, at least, at least I have Jack. Yeah. And I definitely have the Lord. Would you stand with me? If I have if I have said something today that sparks something in your heart, I'd like to pray with you. If I've said something today that maybe maybe you've recognized that, yeah, I, I need to be thankful for the companionship of God and I need to really trust in that again or I need to really be thankful as well for the companionship of others. And I need to be thankful for them. I wonder if you'd just kind of wave your hand at me right now. I mean, not a spooky thing. I got my hand up because I've definitely preached to me. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely preached to me today. I want us to, I want us to bow our heads. All these hands that just went up. And I want, I want to pray for you. Father, I just agree together with these people that those that raised their hands or maybe those who didn't, they were afraid to for whatever reason, but they raised their hand in their heart. I pray right now over them that every one of us would receive this word today, that we would, that we would learn to give thanks, that we would learn to have a mindset of thanks, that we would be able to look over the walls of our circumstances and recognize that, that, that we can give thanks in all circumstances because we have a God that won't leave us and we have people in our life that are healthy for us to have. And I'm asking right now by your presence and power that you would reveal this to us in a deeper way. That we would, that we would live our lives in such a way that we would, that we would be thankful. That we would just be thankful. And then in that thanks thankfulness that you would help us rejoice always and pray continually and in this we give you praise 
in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen to that. Keep your heads bowed for a moment. If you need prayer today, want to rededicate your life to the Lord or dedicate your life for the first time, you need a fresh start, would you just wave your hand at me? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, church, would you pray with me for these that just raised their hands? Let's, let's help them get a fresh start. Let's help them take a step right now. So everybody pray. Say, Father, I thank you for your word today. I thank you that you are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And today, I am asking my friend to give me a fresh start. I pray right now that you would cleanse my heart from all sin and that you would help me as I live my life for you. I declare Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and I believe that God raised him from the dead. I thank you for saving me and helping me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord for this. Amen. On your connection card, if that was a first-time decision today, please check that box. We'd like to...